Corey Gleed, a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in evidence-based treatment for anxiety, depression, and stress. And I'm Anna White. I'm a former Wall Street executive. I experienced severe burnout at one point in my career, and I discovered that it had a lot to do with my type C personality. Anna and I are here to educate people about type C traits, which are being pathologically nice, putting the needs of others above yours, avoiding conflict, always saying yes, and worrying excessively about disappointing other people. On each episode, we'll share personal stories and also strategies for how to live in healthier ways and how to prevent burnout. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking all about asking for help, the challenges that people with type C traits have, the benefits of asking for help, and we are going to be talking about some examples as well as some strategies. So Anna, let's talk a little bit more specifically. Yeah. So asking for help is is really hard for type C people. It goes against our grain, but I think it's important that we all realize all the benefits of asking for help. There are, there are a lot of them. So, I mean, just the most obvious being we can delegate and free up our own time and use that time for ourselves, for self-care, for restorative activities. So that's a huge one. And also people just really like helping each other. It's something to keep in mind. It feels good to be needed. Asking for help from other people can help build community. We feel like we're a part of things. And also collaboration is so important because two heads are better than one, as the saying goes. A team of people or a duo can usually just come up with better solutions and make things better than just one person trying to go it alone and do it, doing it on their own, right? Absolutely. I mean, I can definitely give some examples thinking about my childhood and thinking about some other reasons that are really helpful about asking for help. So really it can take a village to raise children. So certainly getting more help with that. Uh, Speaking of children, getting kids to help out with chores can be a fight, but in the long run, it helps with time management. It frees you up it makes there be more of like a team. We're all on this team working together. It can help them be more confident and certainly more um, more high functioning with their personal domestic space later on in life. It also gives other people an oppor- opportunity to learn new skills. So this can be true of kids and teaching them how to do the laundry as well as in your office, giving people the opportunity for growth. And I think a really also very important point here is that when you run around and do everything for everyone else, people think that you're superhuman. They think like, you know, you can do it all. And when you ask for help, you kind of show them that you're not, you're more vulnerable, you're vulnerable. And I think it's a great way of connecting and making people feel closer to you and you feeling not so alone. And as women, we really need to get rid of that superhuman trope to begin with, because it's, it's not helpful for any of us, (laughs) but let's talk also about, you know, why, why is it so hard to ask for help? You know, we've, as type C people likely developed these rules from our childhood around, I'm, I can't ask for help. I need to keep the peace. I can't bother people. I can't burden people. And so going against that rule can leave us feeling guilty when we're asking other people for help and feeling like, you know, just that I can't, I can't disappoint someone else. And if I ask them for help, they're going to view me in a way that's maybe negative, or I'm going to be disappointing them or, or burdening them somehow. And that is 
against everything that I stand for. Absolutely. I think also a lot of people that struggle with type C traits can feel like everyone else is really busy. They don't want to overload people or especially at work, people feeling like asking for help might be a sign of weakness. So unfortunately people can get so many rewards and a lot of appreciation for doing so much, which can make you feel great. And so you might not necessarily realize this, but it can kind of drive not asking for help because you don't want people to think less of you. There's also, I think, um, related to kids, this idea that if you were burdened or exhausted uh, during childhood, you might want to make your kids have this magical childhood and just being about playing and having fun. And unfortunately, that is not the real world. Um, So uh, that obviously can not be good for your kids. But again, like if you're, if you grew up feeling overburdened and thinking like, I would never do that to my kids, it can lead to this desire to create this magical childhood, which is not necessarily good in any way. You know, it's interesting you say this about the magical childhood. I was reading something and I can't remember what it was, but it was basically saying this idea that children don't work is a very new phenomenon looking back over the course of history, right? That children have always had a role in their families. They've always had a role in their communities and they've always had to do some work. I mean, at times, of course, it got out of control, right? But I think that the pendulum generally swings too far. So now we've gone from, you know, child labor to magical childhood, you know, no burdens, no disappointment, no bad feelings. And so, I think the goal is maybe let's try to get the the pendulum back in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. And and I think it's really important early on to realize you have responsibility, not to have too much responsibility, but not to have none, because that's going to be the rest of your life. Another thing that I think is really important not to forget about why it's so hard to ask for help is many people, unfortunately, undervalue their own time and overvalue the time of other people. There's definitely a lot written about this related to women in Uh, heterosexual relationships have actually been shown. I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast. Eve Rodsky writes a lot about this in Fair Play. And there's lots of other books that talk about this and research um, that unfortunately women in heterosexual couples actually do report undervaluing their own time and overvaluing the time of their male counterpart. And I think that For so many probably cultural and um, societal reasons, this is just something to really, really try to pay attention to. It does make it very hard to ask for help, and it's a a big problem. It's a great thing that's come into my awareness because it's something that I've struggled with for a really long time, and I didn't even realize I was doing that. And now it's kind of changed the way that I think about things. And I think that's really what we're trying to do here is try to, when we think about our mindfulness-based stress reduction you know, okay, wow, I'm paying attention to how I'm thinking about this now. And I actually am really undervaluing my own time. And that's usually an issue for me at home with my husband, putting his time on a, you know, bigger pedestal than, than my own. Absolutely. 100%. We can talk more about this. Let's jump into some examples. Anna, do you want to talk about some examples? Yeah. I mean, listen, asking for help for me has always been a struggle. I just in childhood kind of learned that rule of I can't burden anybody else. I'm just going to go it alone. I was a very independent child and I was praised for being independent, right? So I just kind of went with that. And at work, especially, I think it was really to my detriment. I worried too much about burdening other people. And I also wanted to be seen as super capable. I think I had a lot of insecurities at work to begin with. 
and, you know, being a doer and somebody that could always be reliable and responsible and deliver just became sort of part of my work identity. And I just, for that reason, shied away from, for asking for other people for help. And when I look back on some of the mistakes that I made at work that were very anxiety inducing, caused me a lot of sleepless nights. And I think asking for help in those situations would have made all the difference in the world because a lot of them were around me trying to go it alone, get it done instead of pausing, considering, can I do this myself? Should I bring some more perspectives in here? And when you, you know, work with a team, you're always going to have that diversity of perspective and someone else reviewing your work. It's going to make it that much better and that much more polished. Right. And, but it's, it's hard because people at work are busy and you hear a lot about people and their plate is full and they're busy and it's, it's hard to ask for help. I think getting also to that concept of the superhuman component, I think it really is important for work dynamics to not be seen as this person who can magically do it all. I definitely, you know, people will, they're not mind readers. And so they'll keep kind of asking um, for you to take on things and that can lead to overburdening yourself. But it also can create like sort of a an outsider feeling like people, you know, may not feel as connected to you and definitely maybe maybe more distant from you. If you are never asking for help, they, it really does make people feel good to feel needed. And it, it helps people feel more close to you when they feel needed. Exactly. That's exactly right. Let's switch this and talk a little bit about kids. Um, this may not be appropriate for everyone, but it's certainly a huge component of our lives. Anna, do you want to talk a little bit and then I'll chime in? Yeah. I mean, listen, I wish I had started earlier with kids doing chores around the house. I think my mindset was, I just remember I had these chores. I hated them. I hated washing the dishes. I had to wash the dishes twice a week. And I had some, I must've had some sensory issues back then because I just, I didn't like the way the water felt. I didn't like the way it smelled. I didn't like the slimy food. And so I really, really, really hated washing the dishes. So I, you know, I just kind of had a fraught relationship with my parents over that. I just didn't feel like it was fair. And so I didn't want to impose that on my own children. Right. I just felt like, okay, they, you know, let's let them focus on school and you know, keeping their rooms together, but not give them anything broader than that. And I think that was a mistake in hindsight that they could have done a few things. And that was, you know, had some roles and responsibilities that were very clear and well-defined because now that they're teenagers, it's very hard to now implement a a, a system when they're not actually in the groove of doing a lot of chores. I have a good friend of mine who, you know, she had her children doing their lunches when they were seven and it was quite something, but you know what? Build skills, build confidence in those kids. That was just what was expected of them. And I think that's a really, a really good, um, a really good system. So yeah, I've definitely had a lot of, a lot of struggles in, in this department. I don't know, Corey, I think you're better about this than I am for sure. Probably a little bit better. Do you remember, you know, back at the comedy show a couple of nights, a couple of weeks ago, there was that fantastic Indian comic. And I was so embarrassed when he was talking about the difference between immigrant mom chores and white mom chores. Uh, do you remember that? It was just hysterical. And I was so embarrassed because, you know, I think I I do have my kids doing some chores, but probably not nearly enough. One of the things I'm really happy about is my 13-year-old son now does his laundry, but I it took like I had to, you know, talk to him about why. And by the way, I give my kids an allowance every week. And so 
you know, I remember reading when they were little, like, don't tie chores into an allowance. I definitely do talk about needing help and not being able to do everything around the house. But my kids also get an allowance and they do 100% think that it is part of doing chores around the house. So to some degree, I feel like we've gotten away from just kind of all being, we're in this together. It's part of a community. This is this team project. I definitely don't ask my kids to do enough things. I think that I did find that book, How to Raise an Adult, very, very helpful. Although also like she's kind of like the person you were just talking about. She talks about how you really like based on their age, these are the things that they can do. And there's way more things that my kids should be doing for themselves. But I do think that parents can get into the mindset, particularly if you struggle with type C traits of feeling like there's so much going on for them. I don't want to keep them up later at night, or I want them to make sure they have enough time for their homework. I feel like this happened to me recently. I can't remember exactly, but definitely my 13 year old was working on some project and this totally came up where I was sort of, my inclination was to, you know, walk the dog. So my son would have more time uh, to work on some paper. And I really did remember the words. I didn't remember, I don't remember everything in that book, but one of the things I remembered was they have to work, they have to figure out time management, right? They have to, you know, be able to work on multitasking. And so whatever, I think it was walking the dog. And so whatever it was, I did not fix it for him. I, I did not take on more. Reading that book really helped kind of remind me why it's so, so important. I think that's a huge thing we've talked about a lot, like recognizing the cost or recognizing the reasons. So getting kids to do more around the house and asking for help not only helps you, but it really benefits them too. You know, one thing that's interesting that uh, I'll just throw out there is I feel like I do offer to help people at times and people will say no, they don't need the help. Right. And then you have this feeling, or I have this feeling of, of rejection. Like why, why, why don't you want my help? Right. Is it because you're superhuman? Is it because you don't think I can do a good job? Is it because we're not tight enough that you feel like I can't contribute to your, your, you know, issue that you're having? And so I think that's, I don't know if that's a common feeling or not. I don't know if you ever feel that way. I do. I mean, I guess growing up in the South, there was a very, very strong sense of community, especially in my early childhood in Tennessee, where everyone, it was a, it was just everybody pulled together. Everybody helped each other out. It was what you did. And it was lovely. It was wonderful. I just remember sitting on my grandparents' porch and people would drive up and they'd have a big thing of tomatoes. Oh, honey, I just brought you some stuff from the garden. You know, I just wanted to stop it by. There was a lot of that or, you know, neighbors pitching in to help each other out. And I think urban settings are different for sure, right? We're a little bit more compartmentalized, but also we're just, we're not as connected in community that way. I don't know. I just have, I have, I have felt at times like, huh, like why, why don't we help each other more out? Cause I, I'm here. I'm happy to help. I think you're, you're saying this and it's making me think so many interesting things. So first of all, I, I really want to go back to this sad thing that I think that has changed um, in our culture. And I do not know why, but I really do think that asking for uh, that, letting someone help you makes them feel needed, makes you not feel superhuman. And you're right. It create it really strengthens community. So I'm thinking of two examples. First of all, 
I do this thing where when I moved into this building in 2017, I've always struggled with um, if I have a big package or a bunch of boxes and someone saying, hey, you know, do you need help? I, for the most part, unless it's physically impossible, I always say no. And I think it's because I've always wanted to be, and you sort of talked about that earlier, like seen as capable, like I don't want to be the weak woman. And the problem with that is, and I'm thinking about this now and what you just said is that after you do that once or twice, people don't offer to help, even if you have the impossible. So I do really think that people do feel rejected. You're right. I think you are correct in that. And people are just like, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't need my help. So I think that it's, it's interesting uh, in the, you know, I struggle to ask for help and I've actually ruined my window. Another thing that I'll say about that is my mom always says to me, you do way too much when it comes to your kids. When we, when you were growing up, when I was a kid and we, I lived in the city, she, there was much more sort of parents kind of helping each other out. And there was this really nice community as you're kind of describing back home. When I was little, there was this lovely family in our building and we both went to the same school and which was, you know, about 20 blocks away. And my mom would switch off. Uh, some mornings, m- you know, my mom or my dad would take me to school and some mornings this family would take me to school. We would switch up. The kid would come to my house and my mom would take us or I would go to the kid's house and and they would take us. And I mean, that seems like I, I'm thinking of all these things that you're saying and I feel like that would burden someone, right? I, I You know, and the same thing with, you know, picking up a kid from school. I think there's so much hesitation and I, it's really sad because it does reduce community and people actually do sometimes want to help out. Now, you can always say no if you can't, but I do think not asking for help really does create, you know, it's 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 not just uh, not good for you, it's not good for community and, and connection with other people as well. So just to recap, asking for help is extremely difficult for people with type C. There are many totally normal things that you may have learned through your childhood about maybe that it's unsafe or that it that you're not going to get help if you ask for it, all these things. So there may be reasons later on in life not to beat yourself up in any way. However, can you look back at the cost of not asking for help? Certainly you yourself being overburdened and you when you don't ask for help, you really reduce other people's opportunities for learning, to build responsibility, to feel connected to you, so many things. So Anna, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think let's just talk about how people can ask for help, because if yes. you have a history of not asking for help, then you might not have the skills on how to do it, right? And sometimes if you've been burying your anger and that's been building up, Sometimes asking for help can come out in a hostile way. And I'm not saying that for personal experience. I would 100% agree with that. That definitely, if you hold on, if you hold off asking for help, you may blurt it out in an angry way, not at the right time. So certainly like checking in with yourself, noticing how you're doing and trying to recognize why you're not asking for help might make you realize it's not that the other person, people are not mind readers and people assume you're fine. So I think that's what happens this again, you know, when I walk into my building and, you know, my, my lovely elevator, you know, the Porter guy, you know, doesn't offer to help anymore because I've ruined it. So people stop being helpful. So what are some ways let's be direct, 
simple and clear. So just don't apologize, don't overexplain, go straight to it. Things like, I'd like to build a team around this project. So we have lots of perspectives. Would you like to participate? That's something you could say at work. You could also say something like, could you serve as a second set of eyes on this project or this report? I'd love to have somebody review it. I really want it to be super polished. And in my experience, people are happy to do that. I was always happy to do that for people. And then at home, I think it just has to be super straightforward, right? Like, can you take over emptying the dishwasher every night? Can you be in charge of the recycling? Yep, absolutely. I will just say that I don't do this every week, but it's really been helpful just to kind of talk about chore, like have a meeting at home, family, what needs to get done that week. In an ideal world, we would have a meeting every week and talk about that. I would say the more you can talk about that and get it out there as a regular like community building, these are all the things that we're doing. One nice thing about having people over for guests is getting your kids to help out. I've been doing that more. That is is good. So that's the better. There is nothing like guests coming over to get teenagers moving. They do not want to be embarrassed about a messy room. Yes. Okay. So be ready for people to say yes, but also for them to say no. I think this is um, an important thing to talk about. Yeah. So type C people tend to shy away from conflict. So if somebody does say no, how willing can we be to push back and fight for ourselves and get our needs met? It's not the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. So I think, again, initially you want to be direct, just ask for what you need, no apologizing. If that doesn't work, you can sort of go to what we've talked about earlier in I statements. So this is when you focus on yourself and how it affects you. So you might want to say something along the lines of, let's just say it's the dishwasher or laundry example. You know, I'm, I'm feeling exhausted this week and I'm realizing that I would really like to talk about sharing laundry, right? Whether that's with a kid. I think then this is something that's really important to me and would be really helpful to me. Can you start doing your own laundry? You know, they may push back on that, which then with a type C parent who wants a kid to have a magical childhood may be really hard. But again, reminding yourself of the costs of not having your kids help out for you and them is really important. And you might have to bring out your tougher side, not your mean side, but your tougher side. And just realizing that in this moment where I have some conflict with them, which may be upsetting to me, may be really helpful for them and myself in the long run. Sometimes this may be, you know, taking something away if they don't do something, something, or sometimes like in the case with me and my kids, like they do get an allowance. And the concept is like, we all do this stuff for the family. And so if you want, there will be money at the end of the week and you can buy yourself a toy or you can buy yourself um, a snack and that, you know, is what you can use your allowance for, you know, but they're, they definitely do think that the chores are are part of their allowance, unfortunately, but there, you know, you can use something like that, but I, but I do think you may have to push back if they, if they are hard on you. Yeah. And I think, you know, if there's continued resistance, I think it's worth evaluating the give and the take in the relationship, right? There's got to be a balance of give and take. And I talk about this with my kids all the time, that if there's an imbalance, that's a very unhealthy relationship. And type C people are givers. We are overgiving. There's a lot of imbalances in the relationships. And it's just so important for type C people to be aware of that because, you know, other people can give too, and we can take, and we, we need to, to work on getting those relationships back into balance. 
And, you know, on in the worst case situations, if we can't, that's something that you want to pay attention to, right? So if we're talking about taking care of yourself, not burning out, not leading to physical or chronic, chronic physical illnesses, it's really important that anger and resentment is not good for your health. So if you've tried some of these tactics, but it's not working either with your kids or a spouse or at work, you definitely want to think about seeking out professional help. And if it's with a friend or someone who you may be able to pull back on, you know, even if it's with kids or a spouse, recognizing how much you're putting into that relationship, you may want to not do so much for that person. You can certainly be open, open and vocal about that if it's appropriate, but you definitely want to acknowledge to yourself, like, why am I putting so much in when this person is not helping, you know? It's never going to be 50-50, but with someone who has type C traits, so you're probably going to end up doing more. But you do want to think about the cost, both on exhaustion, but also resentment if you're doing an excessive amount. Yeah, I think it's important that we all remember that we do have leverage. We have a choice on where we spend our time and energy. And there are no hard and fast rules on where we spend our time and energy. That can change and be fluid over time. And if someone is not if someone is not rising to the occasion in the relationship, then we can dial back that time and energy. That's that's something that's available to everyone. And that's a choice that we can make, an active choice. So I think that's a wrap for today. What do you think? I think so. I mean, if anyone has any further thoughts on this, we'd love to hear it. Please email us at typectoolbox at gmail.com. Get in touch and, and tell us your stories. Tell us what you want to talk about. And we look forward to next time. We just want to add one new exciting thing, which is that we are looking for podcast guests. So if you have a type C story that you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at typectoolbox at gmail.com. We are also looking for people who would like to participate in sharing their type C story in a book. So let us know if you're interested. So we really hope you liked the episode today. And speaking of liking, we'd love to for you to go on iTunes and put some stars on there if you like the episode, even write a review if you'd like to. There are a lot of ways to get in touch with us if there are topics you'd love for us to cover. You can email us. It's typectoolbox at gmail.com. You can go to our blog, typectoolbox.com. There are links there to get in touch with us. And also check out our Instagram feed. We've got a lot of quick hit videos covering a lot of these topics. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're having a mental health emergency, please dial 911. If you're looking for mental health treatment, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org.